0: Welcome to this podcast from Central, Jesus at the Heart. More information is available from www.jesusattheheart.org My name's Thomas, it's really great to be here, isn't this really cool? Nice to be um, in a circle together, um, to be able to see each other, to be able to inspire one another and encourage each other as we worship together. Um, I'm going to be talking about opposition and evil tonight um, So hey, everybody excited about that um, I'm going to start with a quote um, from one of my favourite films Sons of Gondor <laughs> Of Rohan, my brothers I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me don't know why I'm doing this all Scottish accent A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship, but it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of mine come crashing down, but it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West, Stand. That was quite fun, wasn't it? Um, (laughs) Thanks very much. (laughs) I also do um, birthday parties and bar mitzvahs and stuff like that. Um, We're in week three of this series um, called Stand. Um, Carl's got a book out called Stand. The series isn't on his book. Um, It's looking at the Word of God, and it's been a really helpful guide, um, his book. As we've looked at Standing in Our Identity um, a couple of weeks ago, Whether you're a German prince or not, um, you are first and foremost a child of God. And that the knowledge of that allows us to move into our purpose, that we are a sent people, we have a mission. We place our trust in Jesus. And this week we're going to be looking at opposition. So I want you to have this kind of Riders of Rohan image in your mind, you know, conjure up a battlefield. Um, Because in this life and in this faith... And following Jesus, we are all in a battle. And maybe that's not your experience today. Maybe nobody told you that. Maybe um, you got told that God loves you loads and loads and everything's going to be okay. Well, he does, and it is, so don't panic. But I don't know who you are um, this evening, where you're from, what you do, um, but we are all called to the battlefield in the Christian life. We have an opposition It isn't Glasgow, it isn't England, it isn't the church down the road. Um, We don't need to be freaked out by this, but we do need to be ready. Ready to stand in the face of opposition. And we're going to read from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. um, And we're going to go and read from chapter 6, verses 10 to about 15, 16 so if you've got a Bible, um, you can take it out. It's behind me as well. Um, It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. Should we just pray together just quickly just now? Um, Heavenly Father, we love that we get to worship you this evening. You're our king. Nothing can separate us from your love. Um, because you've set us free, we are indeed free. And we thank you for all that this evening. We thank you for a new identity, a new purpose in Jesus Christ. Um, you know our hearts tonight, God. Would you speak to us? Would you encourage us? Would you convict us as well? Help us to follow you. Um, just like Don was talking about earlier. Would we um, be followers of you, Jesus? Amen. Great. So you've imagined this battlefield. So I want to ask now, where do you see yourself in it? Are you leading the charge fearlessly at the front? Are you heading for the hills in terror? Are you hiding in a ditch somewhere just waiting for it all to be over? If we're going to stand... As the passage says, verse 14, stand firm. Verse 13, stand your ground. Verse 11, stand against the scheme of the devil. If we're going to stand, there's not really much point standing in the wrong place. The very nature of being in a battle means that we are already engaged in combat. So are we? Do you feel like we are? Can we really say that we're on this mission? That we're involved in this battle? Not of violence but of spreading the good news of Jesus with our actions and our words and the way that we set our whole lives up. Because that's where the opposition is going to come. And we have to know that there are powers at work in this battle that want us to lose. There are powers right now that don't want so many young people and old people worshipping Jesus passionately in this place. And talking about how we're going to spread God's love to this city, they're looking for us to fail. They're plotting away our demise. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you don't believe me. That's what Paul is saying here. He's experienced it. He's teaching it. So, are we ready for the battle? Are we up for the fight? So, we're going to do um, a bit of a spiritual boot camp. Um, we're going to look at Paul's advice for engaging in this battle. Um, so are we up for that? Yeah, cool. So I'd, I'd love us just to think um, of ourselves, me included, as kind of the karate kid. Um, and we're going to think of Paul as our kind of Mr. Miyagi. Um, or we're going to think of ourselves um, as Kung Fu Panda. And, and Paul, who's writing a letter to the Ephesians here, is that kind of weird duck that makes the soup that doesn't really have anything in it but seems to work anyway. Um, Or you could just forget I said that. Um, So our first takeaway tonight is know your enemy. Know your enemy. So in the art of war, which is Sun Tzu's 6th century fighting manual, it says this. It says, know your enemy and know yourself and you can fight a 100 battles without disaster. So I'll read that again. Know your enemy and know yourself, and you can fight a hundred battles without disaster. And Paul says this He says, Take your stand against the devil's schemes, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil. So, just who is Paul talking about here? We live in a spiritual world. There is more to our lives than what we can physically see with our eyes at this moment. In this spiritual world are two powers, two forces, two dominions, two rulers, two kingdoms. There's God, our God, the God of Isaac and Jacob and Abraham who led his chosen people on this incredible journey and is faithful to the end and who Jesus came along and said I am one with that God and then there's also this anti-God the devil Satan the prince of darkness the father of lies not an imaginary red man with a long tail bright horns a pitchfork and a Man United shirt but a real force that's sole purpose is to wreck any progress that the kingdom of God might be making in our world So I put it this way Um, is God's plan to redeem the whole of a fallen and broken creation and birth a new heaven here on earth? Yes. Then the forces of evil will set out to destroy it. Did Jesus' death on the cross mean that the walls that divided us racially and culturally and socioeconomically um, get torn down? Yes, they did. Then Satan will seek to rebuild those walls that divide us. Maybe you don't even believe in evil forces and I just ask you to kind of take a look around you in the world today and see the destruction, the violence, the greed, the lack of respect for fellow humanity. The evil one seeks to diminish the potential of the people of God and will attempt to foil the plans of the spirit of God. So this is what we're dealing with. Instead of community and family that we we know here is, is God's plan for us, the devil will go after and delight in loneliness, isolation. The father of lies loves to sow distrust and suspicion into relationships that have the potential to bear fruit and change the world that we live in. So Jesus offered us life to the full, but also with a warning. He said, there is a thief There is an evil one, and he comes to do two things, to steal and destroy. And what more do we learn about the enemy from from Paul's letter? Um, That they are powers and principalities in verse 12, so they do have some power. Another name he has for them is the the world rulers of this present darkness. Jesus' victory... um, over these principalities and powers was decisive and it was final but they have not been destroyed yet and they have the power to accuse us to tempt us to influence the world in which we live he also says that they are forces of evil they hate the light they are spirit agents of the headquarters of evil they have no morals they have no scouts on a no human rights code And they will be ruthless in going about the destruction of God's plan. So it can kind of sound a bit overbearing and very scary. And Paul doesn't say this to scare us. Because remember that quote. And remember, in any battle, a thorough knowledge of the enemy and informed view of their strengths and weaknesses are a necessary preliminary to victory. And that has to be the direction that we, the people of God, are headed Victory, so a bit of background to the text. Um, Paul the writer was a missionary, um, he had his life transformed by Jesus on the Damascus road, and he went all sorts of places around um, Middle East and Europe and everywhere. Um, in Acts chapter nineteen, we read about the world he was taking the gospel to. He was in Ephesus, the same place that he wrote this letter to. Um, Paul had just kind of taken to doing some street preaching. Um, And what happened is it resulted in a big bonfire, which sounds pretty fun. But actually, what happened is he'd spoken so powerfully about the kingdom of God, about the nature of who Jesus was and what it meant that he died and that he rose again. That everybody who is involved in sorcery, in the dark arts, in bad magic, in the occult, took all their manuals and their guides and they just chucked them in a big fire. Isn't that cool? (laughs) I think so. Um, wow. What do you learn from that? It says that these two kingdoms, kingdom of light and of darkness, don't seem to be very compatible. You can't kind of do one and then have your toe in the other. Maybe there are people here um, this evening that feel like that they need to do something similar. Now, there's a lot of expensive equipment in the middle, so I'm not going to suggest a bonfire this evening. Um, but the writer of Hebrews encourages you to throw everything off that might drag you down and stop you from running after Jesus. And maybe you're here tonight and you've had experiences with evil stuff, with the occult, with the enemy that have really influenced your journey so far. Um, And we would love, love, love to pray for you later um, that Jesus would be the only king that sits on the throne of your life. We'd love to pray that for all of us, wouldn't we? I once played football with this guy um, called Johnny. Um, He was from the States, um, so he would call it soccer, but I'm going to call it football. Um, And he was quite good, quite a good player, but he did this really weird thing. He played in defense, and he was a good defender. Um, But what happened was every time he tried to clear the ball out of the box or win a header from something, he shouted this Get out of my house! He did. He literally did. Um, he would go up, win the header, and shout, "Get out of my house!" And it was really weird. We were like, "Johnny, just calm down, mate. We're just playing football. Like, nobody's in your house. You know, just make sure you lock up. Um, everything is going to be okay." Um, but Johnny knew one very simple thing. He knew that the football was not welcome in his zone of the pitch. See where I'm going with this? <laughs> And we have been given authority by Jesus to cast out evil from our lives. Get out of my house. We can say that with full confidence and assurance this evening. So you don't need to be scared. You don't need to worry. Um, another story from the Ephesians in Acts, same chapter, um, a kind of bunch of chances for whatever reason. Um, they tried to drive out an evil spirit without actually knowing Jesus. Um, And the man who had the evil spirit overpowered them and gave them such a beating that they ran out of this house naked and bleeding. Interesting. So we don't want anybody running out of this church naked and bleeding tonight. Um, That's not going to happen. But I'm telling you this because it's actually really important that we get to know these stories. This was the context that Paul was speaking into. When he wrote this letter, these powers were real to people. People had stories, they had experiences. There was clearly a battle going on for people's lives, minds, and hearts, and it wasn't just made up. These forces are out to undermine the work of God's people. And so that's great for back then, but what does it mean for us today? Maybe our attitude is quite kind of blasé, kind of towards the whole opposition thing. You know, we don't need to be scared because didn't God kicked the devil's butt down in Mordor or something like that. You know, it's all taken care of, isn't it? It's all fine, you know. And actually, Thomas, you know, last time I checked, um, I wasn't running, um, I wasn't bleeding, and I had all of my clothes on. You know, I'm fine. You know, there's no need to panic here. C.S. Lewis, the, the Narnia author, says that there are two main mistakes that we can make as Christians when it comes to opposition. He says this, there are two equal and opposite errors into which we can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors. So we don't go down the ostrich route and stick our heads in the sand just pretending that everything's fine and there isn't any opposition and, you know, you wouldn't do that anywhere else, would you? So why would we do that in our spiritual life? You know, we'll get hammered. Um, But the opposite is becoming obsessively scared of the evil things and seeing devils everywhere we look. You know, we don't need to worry because we are on the winning side. And I know that might be kind of weird for some of us to kind of experience what it means to be on the winning side, especially if there's some British people here. Um, But trust me, um, I've got some friends in New Zealand and they tell me it's kind of, it's a good thing. Um, (laughs) It's nothing to be scared of. Um, And one of the things it'd be really helpful to clear up this evening is that the devil loves to condemn. But as some of us here know, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus yeah there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ and as we all work individually kind of out what opposition looks um, like in our lives it's good to think about these three things condemnation conviction and common sense so first up is common sense Um, you've got a cold and you go to your friend and you're like oh man I'm really really experiencing a lot of opposition right now and, uh, and your friend says, you know, well, that may be the case, but also maybe you just want to think back. Um, have a look on your Facebook wall. Is there a video of um, somebody pouring a bucket of ice over your body, your naked body? Yes, there is. That's why you've got a cold. Eat some satsumas, have a good night's rest, and you'll be fine in the morning. And, you know, common sense is a big part of our, of our Christian walk. Take takes time to rest. Eat lots of fruit. Maybe it's time to quit smoking. Maybe it's time to drink a bit less. Don't leave everything to the last minute. I promise you, you'll get stressed out less. And I'm not saying that the enemy isn't having a go or isn't going to have a go at you. He will. And especially the more we step out in faith, the more he'll want to take us down because he knows that we're important in God's kingdom. But we will need help to discern really what's going on and not just get... Um, preoccupied with an enemy here, an enemy there, every single place that we look. And the second thing is conviction. Sometimes we stray from God's path. Often we stray from God's path for us. We do stuff that upsets God. And by His Spirit, you know, often at times like this, He reveals what it is um, that's upsetting Him and asks us to repent. Simply just to turn around and start thinking and acting differently and he does that with the discipline of a loving father and conviction is hard really sucks sometimes but it's actually really good it's good for us and we should embrace it as much as we can we are not perfect people we do need help from a perfect and loving God and if you're never convicted about anything ever that you do or you say or you go after then maybe you're not listening closely enough to a God who really loves it Um, when we follow him in spirit and in truth. And thirdly, condemnation. This um, does not come from God, but it comes from the evil one. Words like this. You'll never be able to change. You'll never be able to kick that habit. You'll always be an addict. Who do you think you are? Look at your family. You'll never amount to anything. These words come From the accuser, from the evil one, and we don't listen to them. If you hear words like that this evening or tomorrow morning, I want you to say this. I want you to say, Get out of my house. (laughs) Get out of my house, because those are not loving Heavenly Father words. Who do we think we are? We know that we're children of God, that's our identity. Nobody can take that away from us. Your family does not determine your future. The Holy Spirit working in you does. Because of Jesus' work on the cross, there is always a second chance. We sung about it then, didn't we? Running into his arms of grace. There is always hope. And condemnation can be one of the devil's best tactics. Often it sneaks up on you, often it can feel like a real apathy, kind of like a kind of hazy thing. You know that you love Jesus. You know you're passionate about your faith, just like Don was speaking about. You remember that time at Soul Survivor. You remember that time at Central when you were in a circle that you were so passionate about Jesus. You remember that time when uh, your friend's phone went off and he couldn't switch it off. Um, (laughs) But yet there's something stopping you from living the life that you've been called and equipped to live. Does anybody feel like that sometimes? There's just something stopping you. And you can't work it out. It's, it's not a conviction thing. It's not something that God's speaking clearly into necessarily. You come to worship and you feel empty. Your studies and your work don't feel like that you're fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And this is where a lot of us are at. We feel like we're not hitting the mark. And we're beating ourselves up about it. And the enemy is loving that. Because that's not God's best for us. And this is where Paul's advice comes in. Stand against that rubbish. Encourage one another. Pray against the subtle and destructive intrusion of the enemy camp, against the incredibly full and adventurous and fulfilling life that Jesus has called you to. Know your enemy, know their tactics, and know that you have a greater authority Um, in the kingdom and then stand tall so that's our first point and I've only got two it's not like there's going to be seven so chill we're good our second art of war quote if we could have it up Kung Fu Panda please Um, our second art of war quote goes like this victorious warriors win first and then go to war while defeated warriors go to war first then seek to win feel like we're we're quite tired so we should read that together victorious warriors win first and then go to war while defeated warriors go to war first then seek to win okay so firstly um an apology um i think i ruined the surprise earlier and gave the game away there's a bit of a spoiler alert here in case you didn't know our god has won the day forever Anybody want to, should we make some noise? (laughs) Our God has won the day forever through the death and resurrection of Jesus, his son. We don't need to be afraid. Can we say that together? We don't need to be afraid. One more time. We don't need to be afraid. Yes, we're in a battle, but Jesus said something else for us to put our confidence in. He said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Ephesians 6 verse 10, be strong in his mighty power. No clever strategy, no amount of effort from our part is going to outfox our opposition, but we have to keep it simple and trust in the resurrection power of Jesus. We have to face the Father, we have to look to Jesus Um, I love this from from Narnia you have a traitor there Aslan said the witch of course everyone present knew that she meant Edmund but Edmund had got past thinking about himself after all he'd been through and after the talk he'd had that morning he just went on looking at Aslan it didn't seem to matter what the witch said Spiritual warfare, spiritual combat, there are loads of things that I'm not going to talk about today, about realms and about loosing and binding and greater authority. But this is really simple. The enemy does not want us to worship Jesus. He hates it. He hates it when I do stuff like this. Here I am to worship. He's hating that. That's why we go for it sometimes. Um, when I was in Uganda, they used to sing this song. Higher, 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 higher. I'll keep going. Higher, Jesus, higher. And then someone went, lower, lower. And then everyone joined in. Lower, 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 lower. Lower, 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 low, lower, lower, Satan, lower. Can I give a round of applause for that, please? Uh, yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> so we sing that and, and we say that I don't care. I am not afraid because I'm with Jesus. And in sport, they often say that the best form of defense is attack. Um, And if that's true, then we don't get preoccupied with defending the whole time. We go hard after Jesus together. Loving people, outrageously worshipping with everything we've got. The enemy hates missional communities when broken people get back on their feet by the grace of God and are welcomed into families, when they experience that spirit of adoption that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. You know, and as we go for it as a church, as all of us individually and together step out in following Jesus, in telling people about him, in, in seeing um, renewal in this city, in seeing dead places come to life, um, there will be more opposition. We've got to stand, absolutely. You know, I'm the worship pastor here. My voice has been really sore for like two years. Put those things together. You know, we have an incredible worship team that I am. It's an absolute privilege to lead them. Um, But we stand. We stand. And as we do that, there will be more challenges, more accusation, maybe more sickness, more trials. Um, But we stand. Stand firm. Stand out. Stand against the plans of the devil. Stand unafraid not shrinking back and heading for the hills but right in the thick of it as a response to the king the king who is more powerful more glorious than C.S. Lewis or Tolkien could ever even imagine standing not waiting not waiting around in the battlefield leaving an open goal for the opposition God didn't save us just to wait around for death he saves us and he sticks us in this battlefield. He has won, but there is still work to be done. There is still fighting to be fought. He gives us new clothes, new armor. But how often do we avoid the full armor of God so that we can't stand? So that we spend our whole of our lives beaten up, bruised, in recovery, not fulfilling the amazing purpose that he has set out for us? And you know, the enemy wants us to click on that link that we know that we shouldn't. To say that thing that he knows will really upset somebody to disrupt the plans of the Holy Spirit. We stand against the devil's schemes united here this evening. We are going to buck that trend. We are going to receive the clothes of truth of righteousness, of faith and peace and salvation, and in the power of the spirit. So let us, let us begin to pray in the spirit in all occasions. Imagine if if all of us began to do that, the world would not be the same again. Pray in the spirit in all occasions, and we'll begin to see the world the way that God sees it, transforming our minds transforming our lives and most of us here um, are young I feel like I'm old enough to be some of your dads Um, I'm not any of your dads Um, but we are young (laughs) just clearing that one up Um, but don't you want to see God do amazing stuff with the life that he's blessed you with don't you want to shake off the sin and the negativity and the cynicism and the sickness that loves to wrap itself around us and suffocate our potential as children of God. There will be a day where we don't have the strength to stand any longer and we'll look forward to a new life with God. But today is not that day. We need to become a people of prayer. That verse again, pray in the spirit on all occasions. Look to God, get right with him live this life and if we want to see change in our society and freedom from the ill health that limits us and and release from the condemnation that follows us around like a bad smell know your enemy but don't be afraid because we are on the winning side put the right clothes on the armor of God who is God most high there's no one like him there will never be anyone like our God. He is amazing. He loves us. I was thinking in worship earlier. He loves us so furiously. He's our protector. But then he also loves us so much to say, please don't do that. (laughs) And finally, um, this verse from Hebrews 13, and we're going to share communion later, and I want us to have this verse in our minds um, as we share communion, but also as we reflect on all the stuff that we've just heard. It's about Jesus. It says this, um, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. He was nailed to a cross for us so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And we're going to worship um, just in a minute. Maybe the the band want to come and get ready in a second. But this is a place that we'd love to see people praying for each other in. That's the next step. We've got to commission each other to stand. Um, We've got to commission each other to say, get out of his house. Because he doesn't have the strength to say it tonight, or she doesn't have the strength to say it, but get out of his house. And we welcome you in, Holy Spirit that they would stand firm and be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle isn't against the guy next door, or our annoying colleague, or a busted car, but against the powers of this dark world. But Jesus has got this one. Cool. Should we pray? I'm just going to leave um, just a bit of silence before we pray together and you might want to just ask God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to us? Lord, it's an amazing privilege, God Most High, to be on your team, to be in your family, to be on the winning side with you, to be able to trust every day in your power, in your cross. God, we pray that we would be people that throw off the sin that entangles and turn to face you. We pray that we will be people that stand in the face of the opposition that is coming at us and say we're not scared because we're with Jesus. And we would love to be people who say, you know what, that used to be um, the story of my life as well. I used to be tied down and... um, I couldn't even say the name of Jesus, but now I know him as my best friend, as my savior, as my king, as the one who's always going to be faithful for me. And I want to tell the world about him. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and speak to us. So many different stories in here. pray that you'd minister... Um, to our hearts, whatever you want, basically this evening. Pray that we'll be reminded just that you are unshakable. There's been times when we maybe haven't trusted that you've really got it. I pray that we'd know that as we worship now. You're the undefeatable one. And our hope is in you. Amen.